Okay, so welcome to uh, Fragmentum episode 23. Uh, so this is a sort of PhD-related microcast. Um, okay, so uh, for those, well, for those of you that know me, um, one thing I'm super interested in and find super exciting is um, this idea of serendipity. And I think, again, um, when you're sort of researching things, it seems to pop up quite a lot and it gets me quite excited. But maybe it's just stumbling across the same things or following the links or just being engaged with people that means the same that similar things pop up but anyway so today uh is my phd day it's now set to be tuesdays um so basically i came in um this morning and basically you know had a major uh freak out that's trying to actually do something the problem is when you're kind of pressured to to, to write some stuff which I've got to do at this point um, I actually find that quite debilitating and it turns out that you know the ideas and things are not really flowing and also you know I'm I struggle with writing actually quite a bit more and more I've realized and what happens then is those ideas get really frustratedly twisted between my head and trying to get it on the keyboard so I don't find it easy um, and also it's the fact that you know often the, the ideas that I'm trying to think about and are, tend to be a culmination of just sort of moments where things suddenly click together and I just need to be able to record them down in some capacity in note form. So I've actually started having like, um, what do they call them? The like index cards. I have a stack of index cards at work that I sort of scribble on and I try and turn that into um, uh, digital notes at some point and I've got a couple of ways of doing that I still don't think I'm great I mean some of it's I'm firing sort of notes into Ulysses my text editor and other times I'm firing stuff into OneNote um, so that's something I need to to work on um, but anyway I came in and was like okay I today I need to write about I need to go into the section on uh, decentralization and I just need to as Seth had sort of told me just just write stuff Know, throw in some quotes but just write the stuff you know about you already know these things just pull together why decentralization is important in the tool that you want to build for uh you know knowledge building and design education whatever it is right so that was cool so i eventually sort of got to pull started putting together this thing around the fact that you know the the internet is decentralized and that the world wide web uses the internet and has always been decentralized and it was connected with the information age and this idea of create of knowledge base uh, creating a knowledge based society i found another book called uh that i want to pull in which is the the, the rise of network society um and that the you know the web then ha had been seen as this utopian distribution system so i pulled in a quote from uh uh the Adrian Shaughnessy in a, in a book called Distributed. Um, I had a quick flick through Software Takes Command by Lev Manovich, and I was also trying to look at uh, an article, a relook at the article in off screen that Errol Balkan had done on this kind of stuff. So I kind of, you know, was realizing that, oh, actually, it's, you know, this idea of the utopian web grew out of the decentralized internet, the decentralized web, but of course, you know, um, and I've got a couple of quotes there from like so Tim Berners-Lee, you know, what was a rich selection of blogs and websites being compressed under the powerful weight of a few dominant platforms. Uh, the Shaughnessy quote was in, you know, instead of resting, instead of control resting with the cultural producers, it seemed we'd meekly exchange one set of gatekeepers for another. And I talk about the, the, the web 
um, trying to return to its original purpose of being, you know, webs, so these smaller communities, and maybe through the utilisation of peer-to-peer -peer and federated instances. In between all of that, uh, a bit of a discussion was going along in microblog around the fact that it was a, uh, at the moment, as a closed source, and that Manton has a particular uh, vision for microblog and is sort of building uh, the the network around the community and things. But there was a, an interesting post that really was sort of suggesting that. Um, you know, without opening things up, and that some of the delays in sort of responding to the community have made it feel maybe negative in terms of it uh, being um, a space for everyone. I guess now there's loads more in it, and I and I and I haven't thought too much about it other than I think that the, the microblog is great, and I think it's really interesting. And I think when you're building a tool for people, it's really hard to get some of these things right, and takes time, uh, and you need to set up a number of bits and pieces in place so I was thinking about that and had a brief conversation on another sort of slack channel about this and thought about how might be other ways of engaging with the community to sort of expand upon some of the the, the issues that are being raised in microblog because you know that could be uh, quite quite easily debated and figured out and and so I was thinking about the things that I've been doing and with the realization that um, you know I, I set up a discourse uh, forum so that I, so conversations around the community around what I'm doing could be debated set up the code to be open source from the get go and through GitLab um, but I always you know I've got a vision for the the tool that I want to build and how it might initially look but the idea was like lots of you know um, testing and, and consideration and thinking and I was sort of going to read a book uh, called This Human, which is a new one sort of called How to Be the Person Designing for Other People. So I need to actually crack on and look at that um, to see what, what's, what's sort of in there. And at the same time, I sort of fell into looking at the Decentralized Web Summit and was trying to read some stuff up there. And I was thinking, oh, it'd be great if some of these videos were online. For some reason, I didn't see the videos link, but they are online. Um, and then just before the end of the day, and of course now another hour or so has gone by. Um, Doug Belshaw popped a link on Patreon to Corey Doctorow's final talk on uh, at the decentralised web summit, which is great, you know. And he, what's amazing there is again he, you know, he talks about the fact that um, the the tools, you know, that were designed originally, you know, and the tools that were coming through the computing. Um, you know, around this idea of cyber utopianism. It's all the stuff I was thinking about earlier on. It's great, you know, that these people weren't naive. And actually I was reading in Software Takes Command, some sort of idea, some, again, some kind of comments about how, how things were maybe done wrongly. But actually, you know, there's some bits there about the fact that, you know, they wanted to democratise technology. And so they had these open standards. And I was also starting to write um, a bit around, you know, and maybe that's out of software takes command. I need to check, but you know that um, you know Richard Stallman. Actually, I think that's in distributed as well. So it's another, it was another of the essays in there. Let me check which one it was, just so it's probably one of the first ones. Oh yeah, I think it was this one about Commons. Yeah, so it's by it was Neil Cummings wrote uh, an essay in this book called Distributed called Commons. And I'm sure I can link to these things. Um, 
Yes, so he, so he, the way he puts it is that you know Richard Stillman felt that all languages, including program languages, are shared and of necessity non-owned, a commons of resources, and that a meaningful utterance is only possible by drawing upon, modifying, and sharing resources that are freely distributed within a community of speakers, list and listeners, or writers and readers. Restrictions in language limit the possibility. That is why we value freedom of expression. So I was kind of making a bit of a statement about, you know, uh, we've, you know, since like Bill Gates made the move towards proprietary software, you know, the, the combination of this language can't be seen because we don't have read-write access to proprietary software. Um, so that was cool. And then the Cory Doctorow sort of talk really goes on to look at that and thinking about how, you know, we need to be able to hack and adapt tools and to not think about finished products and to allow people to edit them. And it's kind of made me think again about what I want to do and how I can make the product that I want to build uh, adaptable, hackable, etc. The other bit that I thought was really interesting with all of this is that actually when we think about the history of computing or whatever and we think about the personal computer, uh, you know, I think that we've kind of moved into this era where we need to think about the collaborative computer uh, that allows us to connect people together appropriately and there shouldn't be these middlemen who are doing that and so I again was looking at the um, Brave browser which again shows this idea of middlemen kind of being involved and actually that again goes back to this idea of this peer-to-peer -peer. but if the software isn't open then people can't edit it they can't adjust it um, they can't make it work but if it, the underlying structure is that there can be interoperability between that because the underlying structure is open and um, follows good standards and practice that's great and I was also thinking about the fact that we moved from sort of personal computing to now like in education everything's talking about personal learning environments well where's the collaborative learning environments there's only a few of them out there and I think actually you know if we're going to build great tools let's build great tools for people to use them collaboratively and collectively so that kind of is where I got with my PhD. Started off as a pretty bad day. <laughs> Semi-ended with an interesting day. But of course, I've still written some stuff that was a bit of a nightmare. Also attempted to set up in the middle of the day to get out, you know, to uh, to clear the headache that had become uh, ensued from trying to actually write something. Was um, to set up an instance of Manifold, which turns out I need sent OS 7 or... Uh, another type of server setup which I don't have also turns out my VPS probably would die trying to run it so I'm looking at some alternatives to running that uh, I had again a random conversation with someone at the school who I happened to find was on a manifold uh, instance and I said oh yeah I'm trying to set this up and he's like oh great it would be good to sort of set that up so I'm hoping actually you might be able to set something up through work but I don't know what the kind of costs are. Looked at some cloud-based things that were not Google. Um, it looked like it was going to be like forty dollars a month, which I'm uh, to play with a uh, uh, authoring sort of tool is not going to work for me. Anyway, I will put all the links in the show notes. That is uh, a crazy random microcast, but I think that's what they're going to be like. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. There, Obviously, please do, if you want to discuss any of the topics I've brought up, there will be a link straight through to the automatically generated discourse forum discussion topic for this podcast. Um, and, you know, I'd love to hear... 
from any of you that uh, listen to these things. Okay, so thanks. (laughs) 